Hey you, thanks for joining me today. Welcome to Inchstones to Milestones podcast. I'm Ashley Ziegler, a proud mom of seven, homeschooler, behavior analyst, student, and special needs parent. I'm inviting you to join me in this journey of mutual growth where each and every episode we learn to thrive inch by inch. Welcome, welcome. Today, I wanted to talk about a kind of controversial topic, because, you know, who doesn't love a good controversial topic? Um, oh, I feel like I should tell you every episode where I am, because it just, you know, I like to imagine where people are and what's going on. So, I'm outside a Dunkin' Donuts in the car recording this, because... Recording in the car is one of the best places. Another place that's really good is in your bedroom when everyone else is sleeping. So, in your bed, because you're comfortable there, right? So you pick somewhere that you are comfortable. All right, back to the message. The controversial topic is labeling children or adults. And I'm going to specify this. I will often hear people say that they don't want a child to have a diagnosis or an adult because the diagnosis is not their identity that's not who they are and they don't want they anyone to identify with that and think less of themselves and they don't want others to think less of them and it goes on and on and on and I think that A lot of that is valid. A lot of that opinion of wanting them to be seen as individuals is extremely positive. Um, What I don't agree with is not getting children the help that they need because we are worried about stigma. When really stigma is the problem, right? Not the diagnosis so much so it actually makes me think I'm going to turn this on its head right it actually makes me wonder when people say this if they realize the stigma that they hold about diagnosis Um, because if you're if it's going to be that big of a deal to you perhaps you should consider the way that you see disabilities and diagnosis. So if somebody has uh, type 1 diabetes, uh, you could deny it, but you're probably going to (laughs) die. Like you have to take care of it. You have to treat it. You have to deal with it, right? If someone has bipolar or dyslexia, or autism or whatever between and I'm talking about both personality um, profiles like cluster B and also I'm talking about neurological wiring that is different and both of those things we should take down the stigma on and the stigma is there still even though every even though you want to say everyone's talking about mental health everyone's talking about this stuff right but 
what is our attitude towards it? And I'm going to give you a little bit of a story of what happens when we do not get kids' diagnoses and help that they need. All right, a personal story. Okay, so when I was in school, I was homeschooled until I was in sixth grade. Sixth grade was my first year, and I went to a private Christian school that had very high academics. Um, I was not at the level of my peers, but I would not say that it was homeschooling uh, fault or my mom's fault or anything like that. Um, I just really, really struggled with school, even when I was homeschooled. So when I went to school, I got, they, I guess, noticed and they tested me on a few different things. I remember having sort of an IQ test that I passed. I And I went to Sullivan Learning Center and got tested there. And I was only behind vocabulary. Um, Like, basically, like, I wasn't, nobody could quite put put a finger on it. But what I do remember is that when I would sit there in class, I would look at, when we had to read out loud, I would look at, you know, how many people were in front of me. And I'd count it. And then I'd count the passages down to where I was going to have to read. And I'd prepare it. And if something changed, oh, man. That was so frustrating, like, um, if passages somehow switched or, you know, someone went out to go to the bathroom or something like that, like, then I had to read a different passage than what was picked, and I would sweat through that so bad. Um, I could read in my head okay, but reading out loud is a different thing, and um, nobody picked on me. It was fine. I was just extremely nervous, and the the words would f- come in 3D, kind of like off the page. And I thought, well, that 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 just happened when I was nervous, and that was why. Um, and it turns out, <laughs> like all of my problems in school with that stuff was um, uh, very likely dyslexia, but I was never tested for that specifically. And then um, when my son was struggling in school and I had him evaluated, um, it came back as, yeah, absolutely dyslexic. And, you know, my whole school experience and my confidence and my, you know, what I labeled myself. So when you don't label a child, meaning like you don't get them a diagnosis and help, what happens is that they will listen to externally, right? Like to their peers or to their inner dialogue. And my inner dialogue went something like this. I don't think I'm dumb, but I can't figure out how people are studying or not studying and getting A's and B's And I am studying for three hours. I'm struggling to focus at all. And I don't know what's important to study. I don't know um, how everyone seems to know what what will be on the test and knows the right thing to study. I don't know how they remember it. Um, I just, I mean, I must be dumb. I was looking for some sort of confirmation that I was either smart or dumb. Because it had to be one of those. And... 
<laughs> I went with, I'm just not as smart. But I knew instinctively, I knew that was not true. And um, I just could not figure it out. And I'm a kid. And all of this is inside my head because I'm a very, very shy um, sixth grader, right? And what happens is that sort of that became the narrative. That became the thing that I would carry around with me to identify as, which was, would wreck my confidence in any social situation because it was just like my thing. And then add on to it the way teachers respond to different things. So if you don't know about dyslexia, it often can co-occur with something called dysgraphia and um, dyscalculia, which is all sort of in the same, you know, area. But so that means that sometimes fine motor is very difficult for people with this and I would um, I did not have good handwriting even though I tried really hard and I would try to mimic every other handwriting style around me to find one that worked and stick with it and I was self-conscious about this and at one point when I was in sixth grade my teacher asked the class I don't know why this is the like what you shouldn't assume that kids can control everything she asked the class who do you think, what three people do you think have the best handwriting in this class? And people would like shout out names. And then she said, what three people have the worst handwriting in this class? And it was two boys and me. And in my, mo- in my mind, you know, back then, this is, you know, there's a lot of girls versus boys when in the younger kids years. And my thoughts were like, well, we all know that boys handwriting is messy generally. That's, you know, overgeneralization. Um, and I was, like, horrified <laughs> to be clumped in, right, <laughs> with uh, these boys when I, like, worked so hard to have good handwriting. But really, as an adult, looking back, I'm like, man, that was messed up. Like, nobody should have ever, no teacher should ever do that to a kid. Say, you know, who do you think struggles the most, basically, And I'm sure it was all meant in some sort of, like, playful, like, this isn't that deep sort of way. But, man, I, that affected me a lot. And I carried that with me, feeling self-conscious about my handwriting ongoing. And it's true. People do judge you by your handwriting often. But you know what? Doctors make it. Everyone knows that the doctor scripts you know, have like chicken scratch, like I can't read them. But you know what, the pharmacists end up being able to read them. (laughs) Or they, you know, um, so that's just my little, you know, down the memory line of why I feel so strongly about kids getting the help that they need, regardless of what the diagnosis is. And yes, there is something to be said for not letting it become your full identity in a way that makes you think that you are in somehow less than or have a limited mindset that you can't do things. But I think that the benefits and talking about it positively or, or if it's not positive, then talking about it in a way of strengths and weaknesses 
is 100% worth the benefit. So thank you for coming to my TED Talk. Um, I hope it's helpful to some parents out there. And I'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye. Hey you, thanks so much for joining me today. Be sure to subscribe, follow, so we can spend more time together again soon. Also, I hope that you have a wonderful week learning to thrive inch by inch.